0: Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city.
1: That business with scalability was very interesting to
0: me. I like building something that has legacy. So as usual, lot's happened in Dubai this week. Smashy were a media partner for Nas Summit. There were over a thousand creators at Mad Nat Jumeirah all day Saturday and Sunday, and it's a really good uh, event. It's a really good conference talking all about the creator industry, YouTubers, TikTokers. Uh, Nas Daily, uh, the guy behind it, Nusaya, has now this summit in many cities around the world and all grew out of Dubai. It's amazing to see all these people coming in here People paying $600 for a ticket to learn over the weekends, And it's fascinating uh, to see the energy in the room. Uh, So that was one event. There's also obviously this week has been Arabian travel market. A lot of our team were down during the week. There's been great announcements from hospitality, hotels, airlines. Uh, It seems like a thriving tourism industry in the region, which is great to see. I also attended a movie premiere, Iceman movie premiere uh, as well, which was a pretty cool event in Dubai. Uh, But yeah, that's what's happening in the city this week for me. Uh, This week's interview is all about the interior design industry. Uh, So enjoy the conversation. Welcome back. Another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. With us today is Yasmin Faramandi. She is the founder of Y Design Interior. Yasmin set up Y Design during COVID and has built it up into a boutique interiors firm in the past four years. Has COVID been that long? It actually has almost now. With a high-profile commercial residential clients. Uh, working on some of the top hotels in Dubai, including Caesars Palace and Grand Hyatt. Wow. Cool. So we'll be talking about the story of why design interior. Uh, the, the interior design industry in Dubai it's probably booming at the moment and then looking ahead. Good morning, Yasmin.
1: Good morning.
0: Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Oh, thank you for having me
0: today. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about why design interior.
1: So I've, when COVID happened, just I, I will start from the beginning or how I started my career. Um I'm. Um, I joined the Gensler and HBA, which are the giants of hospitality, when I moved to Dubai. In what are they called? Um, Gensler and HBA.
0: Okay, Gensler HBA. Um,
1: so I moved in to Dubai after I finished my master's in 2012. Yeah. And. Um, and when I moved there, it, uh, when I moved to Dubai, you know, it was a city full of opportunity and it still every day is. So I started with uh, joining um, HBA and kind of learning how to do the business, right? I, I've studied my master's in interior design and um, that's when I started my journey. And, um, you know, over the years, for 10 years, I've been doing interior design, learning from the masters, working on in the region. And when COVID hit, I kind of lost my job um, during COVID period. And I always wanted to do my firm and I never knew I was always afraid. And COVID was the right moment.
0: That's amazing. So when did you come here?
1: Um, I moved here 2012.
0: And where were you before that?
1: I did my master's in Milan Wow! and my bachelor's in Vancouver. So I'm raised in Vancouver. Um, I did my bachelor's degree in furniture and then moved to Milan to do my master's in interior design.
0: Oh, amazing. So when one does a bachelor in furniture, what do they think their career can be?
1: well right now designing furniture you know it's booming as well you know being a designer that's part of our career i always wanted to be an interior designer but on the circumstances of Vancouver, that I, where I was, furniture was a great, there was a great university and great aspect of it that I wanted to learn, you know. What we do is, yes, design and designing hospitality, we're designing in a larger scale. However, furniture is part of that larger scale, right? Mm. So starting from a small scale product to designing a bigger space.
0: Mm. And that's kind of furniture, in a sense, is product design. Yes. Yes. And that's a particular type of design, is it?
1: Well, as as interior designers, um, a lot of uh, designers actually start launching their own furniture. So it is part of what we do. Mm. Whether we do select them or we design, them, we design interiors. So we could easily design product, mm. you know. And you know, our I've launched my furniture capsule capsule collection a couple of years ago at index and and i'd like to grow that in the future Mm. if i have time of course you know but but that's the goal you know that's most designers are now collaborating with suppliers designing fabrics designing lighting designing furniture and it's something very personal because it really reflects you as a person in a product.
0: Interesting. So then when you did your master's in Milan, Milan is obviously, you know, anything Italian has a good reputation on design. Was that one of the factors for doing it there?
1: Yes, for sure. I really wanted to learn. I mean, Europe for me was a dream and um, and I always wanted to move there. So designing and studying in Milan itself was... A dream at, you know, 22-year-old, and when I went there, I just really, it's so inspiring just living in Milan, but also I studied in Dometh Academy, and um, all our instructors were really known designers, and they were our instructors, and I really wanted to learn from the masters and kind of embrace the design you know, discipline in every aspect, whether it's product, interior, but I really specialize in interior and living design because I've already had my background in product design. Yeah,
0: and when you were moving to Dubai, you know, it must've been a kind of a career decision. Did you think that you would get opportunities here sort of 10 years ago?
1: 10 years ago, I had two options. It was London or Dubai, Mm. you know? Before Vancouver, BC, when I was younger, I was here when I was five. And then my move to Vancouver, you know. So I saw Dubai before and after. And during that gap that I was not here, I just saw Dubai booming, yeah. you know, with all the hotels and hospitality. I remember Sheikh Zayed Road was, you know, it, all these bus- all these buildings did not exist, right? Hmm. And, and when I finished my master's, knowing that I really want to design and be in hospitality business, Dubai was my place to be. <laughs> I knew it's gonna, and it still is. And you know, now 10 years from the day I moved and it's still booming hmm. year by year.
0: Okay, anything, we'll talk a little bit more about the industry, but just a little bit on why design. So you, you talked about the origin story, the pandemic, but when, when you're sort of working for a company they, the company have a lot of resources, uh, you might have a specific role like, you know, either project management or tenders or concepts or things like that. Of course. Uh, what, was, what was your sort of strengths and how did that lead into the, the makeup of what you do at Y-Design?
1: So when I started my design career, you know, I started from being an FFNE designer you know, where we select furniture and materials. And even today, you know, you should start from there to know the basics of the material and suppliers and what's out there, you know, to be able to implement in your design. Later on, you know, when I worked, I was in HPA, I moved to Gensler, I became, you know, interior designer, senior designer, and I started designing and leading projects you know so you go by step by step into kind of achieving that
0: can you talk us through one of the projects that you worked on with that firm in dubai sort of before two thousand? so when
1: i started i remember when i first started at hba one of the projects that i began with was address boulevard hmm. and I used to live there two years ago, you know, and it's very interesting for me because in 10 years, you know, snagging it is a huge, I mean, it's one of the main, you know, address Boulevard being part, one of the main influential buildings from Imar and, and being part of that, being part of that journey as, you know, first fresh, you know, junior starting her career. And it's an absolutely
0: stunning, anyone who's been inside that building, like it's, it's memorable and how visually impactful it is. Each area of it,
1: and it's you know there is. I always say all addresses are beautiful. You know, Address Boulevard is a very social um, environment. A lot of people meet there for meetings, and you know, it's just. I was part of a team, of course. When you when you work for a firm, it's a huge team that we all worked on it. But it for me was a. A milestone and you know having that opportunity to be able to work mm. in such projects when I just began my career
0: yeah so that kind of that kind of inspired you even further
1: exactly.
0: uh, but sort of going back to the question so you know you mentioned sort of fear of starting the business but what did you take from you, what was why design going to do from day one um, you know and what were you offering to the f- kind of first clients what was the product what was the offering
1: so i always wanted to open my own boutique firm and that was my goal you know i always had that vision but you know you always have to have that discipline and consistency and learn and later on open your own you know the right time to open your own boutique firm um when covid hit and i lost my job i knew there was a niche of market that i'm targeting Mm. and you know um Our motto is, yes, we offer that, you know, with a global mindset and offering that, you know, senior services that a big firm would provide, we do that. However, with us is more one-on-one interaction. I want my clients to have one-on-one, you know, uh, journey when we design every single project that is kind of lost with big firms, Mm. you know. We are boutique, we have, you know, work with international you know companies and operators however i'm involved in every part of the journey
0: how many people are there
1: we are right now five people
0: and what's the mix of skills that they have
1: um, from, you know, senior designer to junior designer to 3D rendering to drafting. So it's uh, different. Do uh, they do the
0: architecture, interior architecture part as well? Yes so, yes. so a typical, what would be a typical sort of process you know, there's kind of fit-out companies and there's other people who do full service. Do you come in at the early stage and design the concept? and.
1: So we, worked, uh, we work, uh, we begin with the hotel directly, you know, we understand their needs. It's mainly
0: hotels you work with? With you hotels specialize.
1: and restaurants, yeah. you know, and residential. But they're all, you know, they're all same discipline and it's all same journey, you know. You need to understand what the client needs. And what we are really, you know, strong at is understanding the brand identity. And that's where we, you know, expedite in delivering a concept and the vision mm. of the client. And because I'm always involved in from day one with the client and I kind of walk them through the journey, you know, we build that relationship together. You know, it's it's no longer work, but it's a fun journey that we do that kind of we deliver that to the client. Mm. Um, and of course, I have my team that supports us. Right. So, um, I just felt that's more, it has been very successful for the past three, four years. Um, it's a bit more, um, personalized that with bigger firms, it's a bit more, you know, structured. Yeah. You don't feel that, you know, flair of touch of designer being involved and, you know, I'm accessible all the time on my phone and, you know, it's, 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 it's like calling a friend you know
0: I, I get it but then you know and it's amazing and I see the need for it but then I see the examples of Caesars Palace and Grand Hyatt and think that you know can a small boutique firm take on such big projects
1: so when we started when we started, uh, when I launched the company Caesar Palace was our first client right we started with smaller part of the hotel and later on we took over, you know, designing the lobby, re- renovating, you know, the F and B, the beach. Really? You know. So we started from small. I must
0: and, I must compliment you on it because it's um it's really, really amazing. Visually, the Caesar's Palace. Oh,
1: thank you! It's beautiful
0: from the pool area to all the, you know, all the ornaments and statues for for Caesar, um, not Augustus, (laughs) for uh, you know all the different Roman elements to it. It's really, really beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. I must say Caesar Palace. We have, I mean, it has been designed. I mean, it, everyone Caesar, says, yeah. you know, it was designed by another company, and we just came in to renovate because when Caesar Palace took over as an operator, we needed to kind of give that Caesar's feel and brand identity to the property, hmm. and that's when we came in and we started recurating with Tony Costa being the president of Caesar Palace every single space so it took the last two years and we kind of you know um to reach the final product but every part of Caesar palette from the beach area you know it's experiential you know from the lobby to the beach to the fmb
0: amazing and yeah i was going to ask how long it takes because is that a typical you know project do they take sort of two years or so
1: well, it depends on the scale of the project and the timeline of the client and what the scope is from the client. With Caesar, it was a bit different because we wanted to do every area in stages, you know, but maybe when there's, there's another hotel and everything needs to happen at the same time, when you start a hotel from scratch, you know. The process might be in one year time, in six months time. So it really depends on the timeline of the client. Mm.
0: And, you know, when you're procuring uh, the the furniture and the items that are part of the project, what's your process around that? Do you have preferred suppliers? Does it depend on budget and um, is it a collaborative process or are you sort of saying, hey, we really think, you know, this meets your brand identity. This is what you should go with.
1: Um, we work with local and international suppliers. We love to support them, and as they support us at all times. Without them, we cannot deliver. You know any project um, depends on the budget of the project, the timeline of the project. What has happened after COVID is that the delivery of product has been very difficult. The timeline has been. You know, expand from three months to six months to do with
0: supply chain difficulties exactly. and things like that. Exactly.
1: So that that it really affected us to kind of work with international brands because you know that delivery is kind of not really helping mm. you know the client with their timeline. Mm. So I would you know with with for example part of the Caesars as an example part of the you know the lobby was manufactured locally, you know? And other parts are delivered internationally with international suppliers. You know, with we work with HNH, and and they are a procurement company and they really support us and it kind of um, expedites the process mm. of procuring furniture. Yeah. But some, you know, there are some areas that we want in a short time. Local supplier, we know what is in stock, we select it and it's done yeah very fast a couple
0: of questions around the business model for people who want to understand the industry a bit more Mm -hmm. i'm running an interior design firm in dubai where what are your options in free zones and where did you choose to set up
1: so we are located at business bay um with dubai honestly it's so easy to open your own business it's there's so much support Mm. in terms of opening your bank account opening your company you know it's Literally, in a day, you'll have your company done, your, you know, your title, um, license, trade license. It's a, everything. It's really quick. Really quick. Automated. And they kind of motivate young entrepreneurs to start their business.
0: That's really good to hear. So you, you did a Business Pay. Right. And what's your sort of license activity? Does it say that you're in Interior Advisory?
1: Yes, we are. Um, our trade license is under, you know, Interior Design Services.
0: Services and... Um, uh, I'll hold off saying, Is it competitive, but hang on, so the business model around it you know we did a bit a fit out here, so I have a bit of an idea, but mm-hmm. i'll t- tell you how it worked. So we choose a design firm and then separately a fit out firm, right. and the design firm sent us a proposal for their work on the sketches, and then the items were purchased separately but their their work was the design and the items were purchased as part of the fit out and then there was a sort of a consultancy sort of management fee for the duration of the project. Mm-hmm. Is that the common way or are there different ways of the business model working?
1: There are different ways um, depending when we do residential we have our preferred contractors that we offer design and build for you know personal clients um, so we come in I do my design consultancy our partners will do the construction, and we kind of supervise the project, right? There's other models when we work with hospitality or commercial. We are hired as interior design consultants, and once the project is done, they appoint the contractor, and we are then supervise the project. Mm. So there is many ways to go around, and when you are the difference I feel with being a boutique and being a large firm, we are very flexible and we kind of try to cater what's best for the client. Yeah,
0: but but so, you know, I can see how that will work because you're sort of compensated for your time and your expertise. But on another level, it could pose difficulty in terms of some of these projects can be all consuming. And that you could feel as an extension of, say, the hotel and you, with a small team, you can't take on other projects, you can't build your business. Is that a bit, and if you're not making sort of revenue, enough revenue, if you haven't scoped the project out enough, it could, it could actually be a bit difficult.
1: 100%. Honestly, it's, um, we are, we are five people and we would love to grow. I mean, we, I still want the, the boutique firm to stay boutique and have 10 people maximum we don't like the 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 bigger you grow the more overheads you're gonna have the more difficult it's gonna be to kind of maintain that business right Mm. so we always try to keep it you know scalable we we still are able to take larger projects but we always outsource as well so we have that backup team an army of people that could support us right they might not be full-time with us but we kind of have other teams that could help us in any projects that we receive.
0: How do you keep a how do you keep a business ten people <laughs> if you're if you're winning big projects in a city that's growing and you've already in, in four-ish years, three-ish years, you've already grown the business to five people, do you think that it's ever that it's gonna stop at ten?
1: Well, you know, we, I always say, I I love to be, I'm passionate about what I do. And what I do is no longer, it's part of me, you know, I don't consider this working, but it's a passion that we do. And I like to be involved in the journey with the client. The moment you start getting extremely big, you know, that, that motto that I'm trying to build, that one-on-one with the client. There's a
0: disconnect. It's yeah. going
1: to be disconnected. And you're going to be exactly like, many other firms that are out there. Yeah. So we like to keep it as we are. We choose the project we want to work with and we're passionate about what we do. And that kind of differentiates us with maybe other talents or, you know, firms out there.
0: Yeah, fair. And, you know, being being known as a boutique firm, like it's like a boutique boutique fashion label, like it's it's actually something that can run long time and sustainable as well. And uh, so, Yasmin, yes, I mean, just talk a little bit about the the industry here. Uh, is it competitive? Are there many firms like yours? Are there many big firms? We know that there's demand. We know that there's hotels opening every five minutes or so, or <laughs> feels yeah. like it. But there's a lot of activity in the hospitality space. The restaurants per capita here uh, in, is one of the highest in the world. Uh, is there is the dem- does the supply of interior expertise meet the demand?
1: There is many good talents in the city, equally to many opportunities in the city. I always say we we do not have competition because we always focus on ourselves. We focus to do better every year, and we are our own competition. Hmm. You know, we compete with ourselves and our last year. You know, I always say there's enough opportunities in the city. The the city is booming, Mm -hmm. especially with the real estate booming. There's a lot of demand for renovation, whether it's residential or or commercial or hospitality. Mm -hmm. So being that and having that many talents out there, you know, I always get inspired by what other people are doing, you know. And there's room, there's enough work for everyone yeah so um i think it's it's also when you see everyone getting that opportunity is that energy that flows in the city
0: yeah amazing
1: and it kind of motivates you every day so
0: yeah and so uh, specifically then you know if you're is there a tender process if you're pitching for a project um how many people could go in for that project or how what are your chances of winning it
1: so for larger projects, especially when it comes to commercial and hospitality, there, there's, there, there's always a tender process. Um, I believe they kind of have 10 designers that tender and then they kind of eliminate mm. two, three people. Um, at that stage, it comes down to, of course, your fees, you know, and of course your expertise and your experience Depending on the kind of project you're tendering Mm. on, our budget, we are, you know, we are a smaller team. We don't, we have less overhead. So our fees are mid level, you know. Um, But of course, that kind of, you know, it's we're all in it you know to win the project but it always comes down of course with the relationship we have built with the client over the years they know you how you work and how what they are looking for a project hmm. and that way we kind of succeed in winning the tender
0: and do you think that sometimes things are too procurement led they're about numbers and there's sort of a disconnect with larger groups that the the procurement department makes a decision rather than Uh, people sort of qualitatively looking at your work?
1: Well, when it comes to construction of the project, we usually feel that way. I always say with clients, whenever we start the concept, it's like, what's the the lucky number? You know, what's the budget? Mm. Let us design based on that budget, you know? Mm. But I quite see that everyone gets so excited when we start and it's like, Yasmin, Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and the moment it comes down to budget, yes, I just try to avoid value engineering and designing within that budget rather than, you know, if they want me to go wild, we will go wild with our imagination. However, later on we will be involved in selecting the value engineered mm. Um materials or product right so that kind of sometimes is disconnect because there's a big dream Mm. and there's a money allocated for that dream (laughs) right you cannot get your bugatti you know with (laughs) with the lower um, money so we face that every day and it's okay you know um we are part of that their journey to kind of advise them on the direction they need to go
0: okay fair enough and so say with some of the larger groups uh be it construction groups or holding groups or property management groups or things like that or hotels uh would they have you know say, say hotels right so the hotel management companies uh, they do a deal with a with a building and they manage that building mm-hmm. how do they normally work do they uh, have their in-house design teams and it, if so, then can you not work on those projects? I think, is Grand Hyatt part of Marius group?
1: No, Grand Hyatt is part of Wassel group. group. So we have uh, Park Hyatt and Grand Hyatt and other many hotels under Wassel Group. And Caesar Palace being Jumeirah, et cetera, is under Dubai Holding. So okay. they're the two big, you know... Um, uh, groups. groups exactly groups
0: so so in that sense right so Dubai Holding will have many so how can you do they what's their usual approach do they have uh, in-house designers do they have people on roster agency that they normally work with
1: well it, you know it depends on the property yes they do have their design team but every property is different um, when we worked on for example Caesar Palace we were we are their interior design consultant for Caesar Palace because there isn't a design team for the operator, Hmm. right? There's a very big difference between the owner and the operator and most operators, you know, have their in-house design team and you would then work with the in-house design team. For example, Wessel Group, right? They have their design team. And when any project that comes on board, I directly work with their design team to make the project happen. In other projects, in other operators, it really depends on the ownership and the operator. In most cases, there is a design team involved. And in some, we work directly with the client.
0: So that's a good way of having kind of repeat business. If you're in the trust on one project and then they have a group, then they can. And when it comes to sort of hotel and and hospitality and F&B, uh, you know how does that work? Like if you do the hotel fit out, the layout, the design of the lobby and the uh, rooms. Then if they have uh, if they have restaurants and F and B that they don't manage, can you work on those projects as well?
1: Well, it's always if it's managed when when you work with a hotel. Of course, there is some that are standalones and there are some that is operated by the hotel. We're always recommended by the hotel, of course. But they're standalone, so they have the choice to work with other designers, you know. Mm. But yes, when we see there, for example, we had the opportunity to work with the F&B units in the hotel. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, for the past three years for us been about building relationship with the client and that trust. And all the business that we are working on until today is just repeated business with the same clients.
0: Interesting, that's a good solid foundation of a business. And in terms of margins and the, you know, is it a healthy business to be in, interior design?
1: It's a very health. it is, but it's challenging. You know, I always say it's like um, surfing, right? You go up and you might come down, but you know there will be many waves coming, right? So you need to be able to manage in any business when you it's your own business. You're not going to always have, you know, back-to-back, you know, projects. You might have five at a stage in, in, in a phase, and then you might not have one, right? So you need to be able to manage your team and your time accordingly. Hmm. And that's based on being a boutique or being a giant firm. You know, mm. that's part of, you know, that's part of life. Yeah. So, um, however, in Dubai and being in the region, we know it's booming. There's yeah. lots of opportunities. So for sure, it's a healthy business to be in.
0: Uh, and other than the sort of uncertainty of projects, what are the sort of other pitfalls that you could, uh, that you need to navigate, uh, you know, for example, uh, if you win projects, are you always going to be profitable? No. <laughs>
1: not always. No, honestly, it's it's sometimes, especially when you begin. You want to get your name out there. You want to build that relationship. So it's not about it's not always about the profit. It's about that exposure as well, right? So you need to build that exposure to later on being able to you know you have to think ahead that okay in five years time you know. First, you build the trust and let them try you and experiment, you know, be happy with your work. And later on, you can always make profit, Mm. right? Um, But the challenge is, I feel the pitfall with our business is payments, right? Mm. So not only until today, we've been blessed and, you know, we we did not have as many issues, but when we might have with like individual Clients. You know, when we design residentials, etc., that, you know, we're always learning in that contract that we do, you know, to get payments. Mm. That sometimes is a challenge. And I think um, we should always be aware, you know, that you might not get paid or you might, you know. But it takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while. Uh, but we understand, you know, we understand the market, you know, especially after covid Things have changed, lifestyles have changed, budgets have changed. So mm. we try to be manageable in that case.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. good you mentioned that. I think a lot of service industry, not just interior design, have uh, need to manage payments, payment terms, how to, uh, you know, the contracts, how to follow up, how to work within the, the legal framework around that as well. So especially as a small business, I think it's because the big companies don't know what sort of lifeblood they are sometimes to small businesses and you know if you're putting all your resources into that and then they don't pay you then like you're clearly not working on other projects because you're (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah that's interesting Um, but yeah, you know, just talking kind of wider, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned about being inspired in Milan and then seeing all the things in Dubai and like when tourists come here, they go in and some of the hotels that you've designed and they're just amazed by how beautiful they are. Like, what are the, what are the projects that you've been impressed by around the city in the last few years?
1: Well, there is, there's is many projects every day. <laughs> there is a new place opening, a new restaurant, you know? Honestly, it's, I love F&B and I love restaurants and I love because, you know, you see the energy and the vibe of people, how they interact with spaces. And that's my passion in life. In whatever I have done, whether it's hotel, commercial, residential, the success and passion that I have is to feel the end result, how it makes people feel. And to give that, you know, to have the power of design, to design a space that makes people feel good, just even a bit extra than the services that hotels offer, you know, that makes me really happy. And that kind of motivates me every day, you know. And in Dubai, you know, every day we have a new restaurant, there is that vibe, that energy, new interiors, new inspirations. And we're always inspired by all the talents and the good talents that it is in within the region. So...
0: It's a really good realization and how you articulated that was really nice that to identify that passion. But is there a project that you've seen that kind of go, Oh, I wish I did that? Or like, is there one that you would go, that's really cool?
1: Well, there's a new project that's coming up, which is Marcel Arab, you know. I love that property. It's beautiful, you know, it's by Dubai Holding mm. and Group. And it's I feel like I'm always amazed by the architecture in this region special Dubai, and every year there is new architecture, Museum of Future, you know, it's wow, you know, it's, it's really amazing and spectacular how, you know, there is potential to design really anything mm. that you could imagine. Mm. And you only see it, I mean, in Dubai, mostly, and that crazy architecture that we're surrounded with.
0: Yeah uh, Fascinating And you know Staying as a sort of A boutique firm If you're You know uh, Like doing commercial Residential And uh, F&B And hotels In the commercial side Like The I know I know you mentioned it's the same concept but actually they're, they're quite different and getting known from one or the other it's quite different and sometimes the time turnaround is different if you're designing someone's personal apartment it's different to designing a hotel right 100%. so how do you kind of navigate those things
1: So we usually with we currently we're doing a lot of F&B's and their turnaround is much faster mm. right with hotels, of course, is longer. So we try to manage our time um, with the projects that we have on board. Of course, we never, when we have too many projects, we do not take it on board because we want to have, we don't want to kind of sacrifice on the quality that we are delivering to the clients. With residential, we usually have one or two residentials per year, and those projects usually are the longest leads. Why? Because it's emotional, mm. you know? The moment it's personal, you are, you know, that project takes takes much more time than any hospitality project. Okay, interesting. Because people, is their home. You're dealing with the husband and, the you know, the wife and the kids. And you're going to be interacting with that every single day. <laughs> so I really get it, you know. Like, yeah. I get the passion and the emotions that comes from residential part. But equally being a boutique firm, we try we are trying to expand in residential markets to expand our team as well. However, because it takes longer, we cannot take so many on board hmm. currently. Yeah. You know, because of the scale of our team. Um but in the future that's what we are aiming
0: for is, sure. is there is there as much demand in residential as
1: Now, real estate in Dubai is booming. Mm. Um, I've just noticed, especially in Palm, you know, the villas, you know, the pricing are extremely high. There's a lot of people moving to Dubai, and most of those villas need renovation. And that's what we are trying to target to get involved in doing residential villas. There is another aspect and demand in the market that there is a lot of branded apartments and buildings are being built. Hmm. And that's what we are specialized at because part of hospitality, we design a lot of res-branded residentials. Hmm. And that's what we are really experts on and we try to expand on doing residentials that are branded or apartments and renovate to that level that feels like you're living in a hotel. Yeah.
0: I was going to ask, uh, the reason I was leaning with this line of questioning is because I interviewed someone before about events business and they ended up sort of, you know, with events, you can do big concerts, you can do private birthday parties, mm-hmm. and or you can do sort of corporate B2B stuff. But what they ended up with focusing on is sort of Um, government-led consumer events Mm -hmm. because they can specialize in it but they also after 10-15 years they realize there's the highest margin there Mm -hmm. so uh you know similar to what you said like not that the private birthday parties are um low uh, you know are difficult but they're actually a lower margin they're less price point they're more needs more client service needs, Mm -hmm. and you actually don't make as much profit so some of these decisions especially with a boutique firm some of these things can be where's the actual margin Um,
1: so for residentials there is there is big amount of margin of course not only for us but also for the client because if if they um, take the villa and renovate it, the amount of profit that they would make when they're the selling. Villa.
0: This is another trend that's happening, isn't it? And
1: this is what we are trying to focus on, mm. you know. Not only, okay, yes, of course, we are spending our time and we have our margin within the project, but the client in terms of investment and return of investment, they will make much more, mm. you know. Yeah. And that's the future, I feel, in Dubai in the next two three years because there is a big demand of buying villas especially in, like, you know, um, in Palm, because the older villas, the spaces are much larger than the new builds, Mm. you know. So they prefer to buy old and kind of renovate to the way they want to Mm. have their apartments. And a lot of people are looking at it in terms of investment, and some are for their personal use. Mm. But in any case, the profit they're making, it's crazy amount yeah like, especially right now in
0: dubai that seems to be a big trend yeah, yeah. if they're selling it a- again but touching on something you said as mean about the uh branded residences it is a really hot trend isn't it mm-hmm. like um i was speaking to someone who works with a group i think they're, they're looking after four seasons and of course we know four seasons hotels but now they're launching four
1: Seasons residential
0: yeah and even atlantis royale they have Residential. So it's like how they described it to me in a business sense. It's like, if you're a property developer, you get, because I was kind of like, well, why would there be residents in this Atlantis Royale? Like if they can sell at 80, 90% occupancy, why don't they just rent the room? Like, why are they selling it to one person? But they get the money up front as a developer. And if the person doesn't want to live it all the time, he can flip it back and rent it out. (laughs) So it's a, from a business owner point of view, um, a, it's a different brand, but B, it's like you're acting like a property developer to fund the hotel as well.
1: And, you know, with branded apartments, I always say in the end, it's luxury, you know, it's hotel hospitality is about, you know, luxury and kind of catering to the client. So whenever it's branded, as you said, you know, people feel special, you know, mm. you the way you are treated, the services you will get, it's of course, in a higher level, right? Mm. And when it's branded, the way is, you know, every product, you know, that brand is coming. Of course, you every every person likes different brand. Now we have Baccarat's coming up. We have Atlantis. We have every single brand that you know is taking over and doing residential aspect. It's like living in a hotel. Who doesn't like to live in a hotel? <laughs> you know. So it's and and every. Even every client that I meet, when it's a personal, they're like, "I want my house to feel like a hotel." Yeah, you know, it's it's a matter of, you know, everyone wants to experiment. That okay, when I go to a hotel, it's like I'm I'm unwinding, I'm on vacation, mm. and why not live that life? Mm.
0: Right. It's expensive, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah.
1: But if you could bring it to your own home yeah. and live in a branded apartment, mm. you know.
0: Yes, yeah, that you own just like any other apartment and you would own. you
1: are actually servicing from the, you know, the hotel facilities as well. Mm. You know, I live in a hotel apartment currently mm. and I live it. And for me, it's because when you're designing and living, there's many things that you understand. You know, if if I need to understand my clients... I live their life to be able to understand what they're really looking for and what is missing to kind of expand on that, Mm, you mm, know? mm. And it's, you know, it's more of the facility and and the opportunities that they have. And, you know, on the weekend, I'm at the beach, you know, I'm just relaxing. It's like Caesars Residences, you know, I always say, oh, that's amazing, you know, there's so much demand for, you know, of course, the hotel, but the residents, it's like, because you can use the whole facility. Yeah. You know, and that's amazing. That's true. You know?
0: That's brilliant. Yeah, interesting. So you you kind of wrapping up now, but we always ask about the region. So you've been back here 10 years. You have a business here now. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about the opportunities and obviously the property market and hospitality and the economies are good mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. but. What's your outlook for the future and your business here? You know, are you focused on keeping a boutique in in UAE? Do you think there's more opportunities in the region? And are you optimistic about the future?
1: Um, Definitely optimistic. Our goals are to expand globally. We like to kind of expand into Europe and Asia um, and still staying boutique, you know, choosing our projects kind of doing the projects that we love and but you know not only regionally but globally and I feel Dubai it's we never felt that you know there is no opportunities every day I feel there is more and more demand for design. And, you know, with power of design, you know, you could make many changes and different living experiences for people.
0: Amazing. So that's interesting. And sometimes people do say that, that you used to buy as a global hub and you make your name here, but you can expand elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but Asia is quite big and Europe is quite big. Like, how do you kind of create opportunities in those markets?
1: I feel when you have there is when you work with brands locally, you know, they're connected with brand the same brand being yeah. in Europe or Asia. So you would have an opportunity to work on their projects abroad. Yeah. And that's how you create a link, you know. You get known. might work on a hotel brand here, but the same hotel brand would have chains. And that's how we like to kind of enter to, you know, more broader markets. Um, same with residential. Many owners here have properties not only in the region, but in Europe or Asia or a different part of their holiday homes. And that's where, you know, once you build the trust and that relationship and they love to work with you, you know, you have that synergy. You definitely work on, cool. you know. Brilliant.
0: People. And yeah, but is, but also like what do you think of the opportunity in Saudi Arabia? I, I'm thinking particularly around hotels. Like Arabian travel market is on this week and there's so many announcements <laughs> and there's so many amazing projects happening there surely that's kind of caught your attention
1: and there has been um i worked on saudi project previously when i was part of gensler um and i'm sure there's a lot of opportunities there especially this week with what's ever going on around the city um we would like to enter that market for sure mm-hmm. um currently we are really focused with uae and um if there is an opportunity why not we will be more than happy to be involved with the Saudi
0: market interesting and finally I was going to end but I thought of one more question when you mentioned like Gensler and those type firms like sometimes bigger groups in other industries can acquire smaller boutique firms would that be something you know do you want to run this firm as a passion project for your whole life or do would you see that this could be acquired and, and still run it as part of a bigger group
1: we like to collaborate with bigger groups you know we love that you know collaboration and kind of doing bigger projects we are more than happy to do that but it's a personal brand and it's 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 a special you know boutique trend that we like to keep on as you said it's like a fashion brand right Mm. so we like to keep it and but of course do many collaboration with bigger firms keep your identity and keep the identity as it is
0: okay it's been a pleasure talking to you Yasmin today thanks a lot
1: thank you for having me great thank
0: Thank you you. we'll watch why design interior in the future
1: (laughs) for (laughs) sure I hope we kind of fulfill your standards (laughs) and fulfill our dreams
0: thank you So it's always good to hear the insider view of the interior design. I, had, I was down at Demon Duck uh, in Caesars Palace uh, during the week uh, for dinner and uh, that Yasmin had designed that concept. It's just really great to hear the backstory in it. And I'm sure, uh, you know, when you see amazing projects in Dubai, you wonder how they come about. So I hope that interview was useful. Uh, thank you to Shaheer, to Ali for putting the show together and to the team uh, for distributing on Love in Dubai and through the podium podcast app onto anywhere that you're listening to this so if you're listening on apple please do like and uh comment and give a review as well Uh, it's also available on smashy.tv uh you can get a free seven-day trial there to watch this in full um if you prefer to consume that way and uh if you did like this episode there's been some others similar to this i would point you towards say issy which is another A great story about a a boutique uh, interior design firm that's built up uh, in Dubai. And we'll be back next week as usual at 11 a.m. on Friday mornings with the live show and the podcast goes up in the afternoon. Uh, Speak then.